Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. Coming back to you after, uh, you know, uh, a little bit more Steelers news. My name's Joe Kuzma. Joining me here is Zach Flash Celadonia. And you know what, Zach? We've been, uh, Brian's been gone, missing in action for a little bit. He's busy with personal things. So uh, we've been taking it kind of easy, coasting through the last week or two. And we appreciate everyone's support watching the show, listening wherever you may be. Uh, numbers were very, uh, very supportive, we will say. So there was no need to insult your intelligence by coming out and saying Mike Tomlin said five words. (laughs) Like some people said, Oh, it's the thing about Matt Canada. Uh, We asked him a question about Matt Canada and it was like literally five words. And it's, it's crazy to see some of the Tomlin's excited about Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Quarterback. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the owners meetings and, and the coaches being there and whatnot. Interesting stuff, my friend, especially when Lamar Jackson is tweeting, during hard and I'm, I'm watching it i'm watching it on the screen you know 10 a.m 11 a.m eastern whatever it was on and i'm just like is this real life like i'm seeing things like my phone's blowing up at the same time i was actually trying to find the uh the mike tomlin quote because it was pretty pretty freaking hilarious i'll try and protect the innocent here but uh let's see what i could find here so the actual article was steelers hc which i'm sure is um means head coach it's very uh got to fit it all in here so it fits into the clickbaiting social media Thank and you. hc mike tomlin offers perplexing comment about retaining oc matt canada and, and it proceeds to go through this whole rigmarole about and and it even sources it doesn't even source the dude who asked the question of mike tomlin it sources another beat writer and i quote mike tomlin had said i have nothing to add very perplexing comment. So this is what we're working with here, but we're trying to bring you the good stuff. You know what I mean? We got the good stuff. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that this uh, episode of the Steel City Underground podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, precision-made tools for your family jewels. And while we jump on to it, let's just talk about um, additions or re-signings. I think the last time we were on, we didn't get to mention that James Pierre was brought back. I think it happened just like... Right as we right as we cut, maybe. Uh, I mentioned it uh, super briefly. It? it wasn't like we talked yeah. about it. It was I used him as an example as to how the uh, re-signing of Zach Gentry would probably go. There's some foreshadowing for you for this show, but I assumed <laughs> uh, they would bring Gentry back, but it wouldn't like make crazy headlines, which was the same story for James Pierre. We brought him back, but you didn't see Rappaport or Shepard tweeting about it because he's the no. Steelers' cornerback. Uh, Four or five special teamer. That's what yeah. it really is. A special teams guy. And that's what we talk about. We're going to start getting into some draft talk here soon enough. But uh, the other addition was an offensive tackle, LaRaven Clark. He's going to have to change his name. Uh, I don't know if I talked to you about that or somebody else in the back room said LaYenzer. It's going to have to change his name. LaYenzer, La Steeler. Yeah. How about this, though? For you're talking about like just crazy stuff or scraping the barrel. And somebody actually did a film room on LaRaven Clark. And it was something to the effect of, well, uh, he's depth or something. And it's like, yeah, like, you know, when when you're, I'm not going to pretend to know every offensive lineman that's out there and whether or not they're good, but a guy that's bounced around three, four teams. And like some people were already seeing this as, Oh, they found a guy to replace Dan Moore. And it's like, no, you kooks. Like this is, uh, this is a guy that, mm, might be depth practice squad, maybe development. Maybe it's somebody they scouted like, a, you know, or they saw in film and maybe we can get something out of him. The biggest thing with LaRaven Clark is that he is a large, large human being. And we've talked about this before. Mike Tomlin loves, if Mike Tomlin could run a freak show, he would, and he would do extremely well at the circus freak show type thing. You've had That's the big boys. And it's not to disparage like Alejandro Villanueva or Dan McCullers and really call them like they're freaks because they are not your average sized human beings. 
So LaRaven Clark falls into this category. I had something. Was he like 315, I think? I'm gonna uh, get I don't know how big size. he is, but this is the problem with name recognition, my friend, is I distinctly remember LaRaven Clark being drafted and everybody saying that, was it the Seahawks? Whoever drafted him, like they way overdid that. Like He was a complete projection coming out of school, and he got drafted moderately high. And people remember that and they mm -hmm. recognize his name so they think oh he, he must be good no he's not he's he's essentially the joe haig signing of last year yeah. where if he's lucky and has a good camp he'll be our swing tackle assuming uh dan moore doesn't lose his job to a rookie yeah that's a good point like if they don't add another tackle and dan like dan moore could slide down it's like trent scott or somebody like that exactly at, at best uh indianapolis colts third round pick 82 overall in 2016 Four years with the Colts. Third a year round two. pick two overall. Uh, third round pick, pick eighty two. Yeah. So essentially, he got picked around when like Deontay Johnson got drafted. So that's the kind of output you would be expecting from that pick. But Laraven Clark never delivered. Hence, why he's here now. Yeah, you know what? That's kind of interesting. You always talk about um, that would be something I should bring up at some point during this show. I think we were talking about we may have come across it online. Uh, actually, Steelers got Javon Hargrave about. Six picks later. It's kind of interesting. Uh, Kendall Fuller came behind that. Braxton Miller, uh, another guy that's out of the league. Nick Vigil. Austin Hooper went right before. So, yeah, it could be kind of interesting. CJ Procise. Wow, there's some throwbacks. Jacoby Brissett, Cody Kessler, Nick Vanette, uh, Graham Glasgow. There, there's some names in here. Justin Simmons, Joe Schobert, Connor Cook. There's some good throwbacks when you look at this. I, I was saying... Um, I think I might need to look at, or maybe I'll just do a whole other show on like AFC North and the way the other off seasons are going. Cause the Ravens, they're really like hamstrung right now. We we're talking, we just mentioning like the whole thing, uh, Lamar Jackson tweeting that he asked or asked for a trade like two, three weeks ago. Well, they're asking John Harbaugh if you'd like him back. Oh yeah, we love Lamar. Like, you know, no, I didn't see that tweet. No, I haven't been like, no, I haven't been in contact with them. And I'm thinking it's like, they're so handcuffed cause they got to keep money like on in, in the in the wallet in order to pay him if he signs his tender or if they do any kind of deal with them. And that's really handicapping them from being able to sign any free agents. And at the same time, you look back at some of their drafts and the guys that have like asked to leave town or they let walk CJ Mosley, Orlando Brown, what Hollywood Brown, uh, anybody, you know, Joe Brown, like anybody that they have brought around. And then you look at their other draft picks and we give them a lot of credit sometimes like on draft day, you're like, wow, they really hit one out of the park. But when you look back on it, the steel, if the Steelers did this same thing, uh, they would get criticized all the hell for some of the picks that have been made with the Ravens. So we're going to have to look at that at some point. And I know somebody's probably like ends are out there is like, oh, they're just blowing hot air. And it's like, no. Kind of look no, man, I, I've, I've heard from unbiased people that ever since Ozzie Newsom left the Ravens and left it in other hands, it's just not the same there. They don't have the same mid-2000s, early-2000s Ravens vibe that people like me grew up with. Um, they're still a worthy adversary, absolutely, but things aren't good there, and I love it. You know, you think I, you think I like Lamar before. I'm a huge fan now. The fact that he's completely ruining the Ravens offseason is great. I'm a huge fan. Helping the Steelers out one last time. Thank you, Lamar. Yeah, you could actually thank Jimmy Haslam and Deshaun Watson for this as well because all that guaranteed money that dude just wants paid, right? And, I mean, hey, you look at some of these picks, like 29 – okay, Patrick Queen's apparently going to be the next guy that wants out of town, right? Marquise Brown, Jalen Ferguson, Miles Boykin, Justin Hill, okay, Justice Hill, Ben Powers, like he, he's gone, Trace McSorley. Like that's – it feels like a pretty deep draft. Um, the draft where they actually got Lamar, they took Hayden Hurst first before they took Lamar Jackson. A lot of people forget that. Orlando Brown, uh, Mark Andrews, Anthony Everett, uh, Kenny Young. You go back to the year before Marlon Humphrey. That's a good pick. Tyus Bowser, eh, Chris Warmley traded to the Steelers, of course. Chuck Clark, sixth rounder. Good pick in the sixth round. Good depth guy played. He's out of town now too. Their best pick like, in the past like five years has been Mark Andrews. And, and he's good. He's a great tight end, top five. But yeah, their their track record with the draft lately is not good. And you compare it to a team like the Steelers, whose record is good, or a lot of other teams, you can really start to begin to understand, oh, it isn't just 
they're not paying these guys a second contract, they get rid of a lot of these guys before they even get to that point. So I don't know what's going on in the Ravens scouting department, but I'm not complaining. Yeah. And I mean, and people go back and I'm going back to like 2016, you got Ronnie Stanley, you know, he'd been banged up, uh, hasn't uh, had the best of luck. Kamale Correa, uh, Bronson Kofusi, like from BYU, a defensive end, like eh, Tavon Young, he's he was snake bitten a lot, uh, slot corner, Chris Moore. Uh, they ended up with Matt Judon. It's crazy the guys they find like in the later mid rounds that, that that are gone. But those earlier pick, yeah, Chuck Clark, Matt Judon. There's a whole bunch of them. Um, not McSorley, but Ben Powers is a fourth round pick. They don't uh, have their priorities straight, Joe. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to belabor them. They weren't the 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 number one thing here. It, it shows sometimes you can find some guys. The other thing with the Ravens, though, the they've been doing a lot like the Steelers. They the compensatory pick formula for a long time too. So they get a lot of like mid round picks. You look at twenty twenty, they had four third round draft picks with Justin Matabuke, uh, Devin Duvernay, Malik Harrison. Rest in peace to that one, too, I guess. And yeah, Tyree Duver- Duvernay's been pretty solid. I, yeah. that, isn't that ironic to think, like, right after the draft, the past, like, two years, I want to say, at least, people rant and rave about the Steelers or the Ravens draft class. And whenever you take the time to look at what happens to the classes they've had in recent memory over the years, it, it doesn't mean as much as it does the day after the draft. You know, they, they do really well by all accounts the day after the draft. But when you look at long-term success and how long they have these guys on the team, it's not too good. Yeah. And there's not a lot of second contracts there, to be honest. These aren't the days of Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. And the reason I mention all of this is you're looking at a team that could be in flux. They might not have their quarterback and it looks a lot different than what the Steelers got. Now, if the Ravens don't pay Lamar Jackson, they'll have some money, but then they won't have a quarterback. If they do pay Lamar Jackson, then they're going to have the same problem the Browns have, and they're going to have to fill their roster with XFL and USFL players in order to and get And they're it. running out of time, man. Yeah, you know, like if, if Lamar decides not to stay, there's nobody else left to sign. That, that That's a big-ticket guy right now. Yeah, you've got guys like John Johnson, who's uh, a safety, and a handful of other players, uh, I'm sure, that could, that could contribute to a football team. But – Odell Beckham, but there's no like headliners that the Ravens can really sit there and be like, oh, well, now that we don't have to pay Lamar, we can go out and get this guy. There's really nobody there for them to do that with. So if they lose Lamar, by all accounts, this should absolutely be a down year for the Ravens. Yeah. Down year will help them in the draft, and then they'll be able to carry some of that money over in the cap to the following year, and then maybe they're in a position to take another quarterback. But this year, they're not. Uh, that they're they're not in those higher picks. So uh, this kind of leads me to what I was uh, the next person I was going to bring up because a lot of people criticize a lot of things and it's uh, Terrell Edmonds signs with the Philadelphia Eagles for a price tag that was nowhere near what you or I were even thinking like $2 million basically as the base. Why didn't he come back to the Steelers? And they were just, somebody was just talking, Dale Lolly, somebody else. There's been some interviews with Omar Khan, even today, while these meetings are going on. And they said they extended an offer and he decided to move on. And it's probably because it was like another one year deal. I mean, the guy's been making about two, two and a half million over the course of his career. No, no fault of his. There's just not, there's not really a market. And the safety market wasn't tremendously great to begin with based on not just the class, but who was getting paid. Now, Von Bell, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, nailed it this time, buddy. And, uh, well, of course, Jesse Bates got the big bag, but the other guys were like middling, like six to eight million kind of deals. And If you're not a star, yeah. that that's the deal with the safety market. And it's funny you say, you said Omar Khan admitted or, or stated in an interview that he did, they did extend and offered Edmonds. Yes, sir. In fact, that's I funny find because it for you. I tweeted about that and I didn't even know it, but I tweeted about it confidently when people were freaking out and being all mad at the Steelers about not matching the Eagles offer. I, uh, I tweeted, um, the Steelers definitely offered Edmonds a deal. It was just probably very similar to the Eagles deal. And Edmonds as a young player, a player who's a former first round pick, a lot of football left. He wants to make as much money as possible. And the Steelers, this was, this was Edmonds best career year. If not, close to it and we still didn't want to give him like big money by by safety means so put yourself in Edmund's shoes would you rather 
keep going with this team that doesn't really appreciate your value. Again, I'm sorry. Like I, I, I always am uh, trying to explain and understand the moves the Steelers make. And I do understand this move. I disagree with it. I think they should have offered Edmonds more money. But fact of the matter is, they did offer him a deal. So the people that are like, oh, they didn't match the Eagles. I'm sure they did, but they didn't want to go much higher than that. So the Eagles ended up winning out because they're a new environment, a fresh start, possibly a chance for Edmonds to hit it big on the safety market eventually, whatever that is. Who knows? It could be a three-year, 20-something million dollar deal. That'd be awesome for him because the Steelers aren't offering it. I And it pains me because I'm an Edmonds fan, Edmonds truther, but the Steelers made an offer and he wanted to move on. You can't fault them for that. And another part of that uh, graph, I guess, um, part of that example is, is that the Steelers don't have the most money. They've done a good job of spreading out what they do have and restructuring some guys like Minka Fitzpatrick and They've been able to bring in some high name value guys like Isaac Sumola or Patrick Peterson. If you give Edmonds a three year extension for 20 X million, you're not, you're not able to do that. So it appears they have confidence in their scouting department to get a new safety in here. They have confidence in DeMonte Casey, as do I, they have confidence in Patrick Peterson, possibly rolling back to the safety spot in certain packages no, I don't think he will change his position title to safety, but I think in certain packages, he could bump back and just play coverage as a safety, similar to what Cam Sutton offered to the Steelers. So when you really take a breath and you sit there and you think about, okay, this makes sense what they did, you don't get as mad. But when you see that a player who had value for the Steelers left for not a lot of money, naturally fans get upset because they think that the Steelers should have and could have matched it. I'm sure they did offer him a very similar, if not the same contract, but he wanted to move on because, I mean, he he probably felt slighted. He, he probably felt a little disrespected, a little like, I, I developed with you guys. I am one of your more dependable defenders now, and you don't want to give me um, security or, or good guarantees. It's, uh, it's Mike Hilton all over again because Mike Hilton, the Steelers were able to keep him playing for less than a million dollars for – the duration that he was here. And so when he finally got the chance to leave, he was like, see you guys, like I'm out of here because I know somebody will give me more money. And um, that's why to this day, I don't really like, I mean, Hilton has kind of made it harder on himself because he likes to talk and he's uh, a bit of a petty individual, but I don't hate on Mike Hilton. I don't hate on Terrell Edmonds. I would do the same thing. I would move on for more money if it was that much more money or in Edmonds case, if you felt like you had tried and tried again to get money from your home team and they aren't doing it, well, then you got to change something. Yeah. The Hilton one's a little different too, just because the cap went down and they got really screwed and even had to go to talk about some clickbait comments, uh, Ben and get a pay cut, uh, ask him to take a $5 million pay cut and redo his contract to spread some of that wealth out over void years in the contract that weren't initially there. You can't just restructure out of thin air in the final year of the deal. Right. And of course, Ben says something about the Steelers being cheap in essence, as far as the way that they approach free agents and everybody blew up on that as well with their little clickbait headlines as they tend to do. And I said, really, this guy's not really disrespecting. He's just being honest. He's getting killed for being honest about the way they approached free agency. But Ben, you're making a boatload of money. <laughs> they couldn't sign anybody else. Like, what are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to do when they're paying you close to $40 million a year? You know what I mean? Uh, Made the most yeah. money in Steelers history easily. Not close. Yeah, absolutely. And he's being honest and you're shooting him for being honest, but at the same time, he has Mike Tomlin on his freaking show. He has a bunch of former and or current teammates on his show. He's not disrespecting the Steelers by any means. Like, get out of town. Like, that's just that's just nonsense. Uh, you can say as you will, but you call them. It's not cheap. They've got a salary cap. They make players. They've made many players, some of the highest paid at their position or in team history. You go back, I can think of Lamar Woodley 
after he had, you know, an MVP style season. Uh, James Harrison, right before that, they had both of these guys under well, Everybody loves to say we have the most expensive mm-hmm. defense until it doesn't fit their narrative. Yeah, and it's um, Marquise Pouncey was the highest paid center at one point. Minka just broke the bank. TJ broke the bank. Like, you can't keep saying that about some of these guys when... Antonio Brown. Obviously, yeah, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's first contract that that he got instead of Mike Wallace definitely was... I mean, it was like 60-some million for Wallace to the Dolphins versus the 40-ish million, maybe 45, five years uh, that Antonio Brown got. And then there were some rumblings. Oh, Antonio's not happy. And they, they convert some things to bonus money. And, they, you know, it, come on. I, I mean, but it's give and take, right? Edmonds, yeah, Edmonds, that's a tough one because you've got a guy that's still rather young, 26 years old, has so many X amount of starts. But clearly there's something else that is in their wheelhouse. And it's kind of like what we're discussing today uh, primarily is not only these moves. You just mentioned Patrick Peterson. You mentioned a little bit of it. Before we get to full defensive makeover, however, uh, I kind of want to just bring up, we still don't have official word on Bud Dupree and his visit, but there's plenty of rumors out there that a reunion is highly likely. There doesn't tend to be a whole lot of other news about Bud Dupree joining anyone else's camp anytime soon. And he would make a nice rotational piece or let's say he signs a two-year deal and they don't do something with Alex Highsmith, although I believe they will. Then you have like an insurance policy if Alex Highsmith leaves and Bud Dupree stays healthy in it. There's people bitching and complaining about that too. Uh, The same way they say Patrick Peterson may have lost a step. Maybe he moves over to safety. You're like, I give you all the credit in the world, Zach, because you're the first one that was saying something to that effect. But where's the evidence that he's lost a step other than he's a year older and he's an older dude? I don't know he's necessarily lost a step, but that transition to maybe playing a different position in the secondary, if he could do it like many of the greats, the different Woodsons and whatnot that have done it over the years, then yeah, it would prolong his career. Duh, it makes complete sense. And maybe they've had this discussion. It doesn't necessarily mean that he will, as you alluded to, Cam Sutton did a lot of utilitarian utilitarian things on that field. Maybe they're looking at Peterson at doing this and KZ being your starting safety. You took the ball away a few times. They just weren't getting the splash from Edmonds. Yeah, he can make a bunch of tackles, but there's a lot of nonsense that's out there. I don't know that Peterson's lost a step. I don't know that he'll necessarily do better, but being all over in different spots in the middle of the field, et cetera, et cetera, for a Hall of Fame player and a guy that's a ball hawk, they're looking for splash. And Edmonds didn't have that splash, but it's also unfair to say, well, Terrell Edmonds, he only did this in five years or whatever. It's like, well, look at Vaughn Bell. It's not like he has a bunch of interceptions or anything like that. That's not his primary role. And you could go down the list and look at a bunch of different players. There's just a few. I wouldn't even say Buda Baker. I don't want to be taken completely out of context here, but I'm going to look up Buda Baker here for a second just to uh, put it into perspective. But anyways, I was talking about Dupree, right? Uh, before I fin- finish on this note, uh, Dupree, to keep him healthy, because I was talking about Peterson maybe losing a step, but but Dupree, oh, well, he gets hurt all the time. If the dude's playing like a half a game now instead of 80%, 85% in the snaps, do you think that precludes him being in better health than being fresh? Like, hello? Exactly. Exactly. It's beneficial to him and the Steelers. Mm-hmm. You know, I had originally thought a one-year deal would be more in the cards for Bud Dupree. But the more I think about it, the more I sit on it, a two-year deal makes the most sense because, yeah, it gives you that potential flexibility in negotiations with Highsmith next year to say, okay, you want like $80 million? We can't afford that, so we'll keep Bud Dupree for one more year, draft the guy the next year. And a two-year deal for a guy like Bud Dupree, who um, isn't old, but he's coming is going to be going on his like third contract and injury uh, concerns off of his last year. A two-year deal for about six and a half to eight million dollars is what my gut says. Makes a lot of sense for Bud Dupree because he can play that here. He can, as a third edge rusher, essentially your job usually is just to rush the quarterback. You don't do a whole lot in coverage if you're the third guy off the bench. You pin your ears back. And you go get the quarterback. So let's just say hypothetically, he puts up like eight or nine sacks in his first year. And then somewhere on the second year, he'll get a big payday when he leaves, if he wants to. 
So a two-year deal makes a lot of sense, not only for him, but the Steelers as well. And as a third guy, that is, that's what a lot of people who are, um, I feel like reacting in a negative way to the Bud Dupree visiting news don't understand that the Steelers and Bud Dupree both know that he's not coming here to, to be the starter. He's not coming here to win the job. He is going to be the third guy off the bench behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. And TJ Watt plays a million miles a minute. So he needs his breaks. Alex Highsmith missed a game or two last year, as did TJ. So your third guy, no matter what team it is, plays a lot. And to get a guy of Bud Dupree's skill set, rather uh, Quincy Roche or Jameer Jones yeah. or uh, Malik Reed, that's that's a huge upgrade. And yet yeah, he's not going to be a full-time, every-down starter. You're talking about a guy who's going to play significant, important snaps for your football team. Why wouldn't you want that position to be as good as possible? It doesn't get much better than Bud Dupree right now to be that third guy. There's no one else on the market aside from um, Yannick Ngakwe, but there's been no uh, news or headlines on him whatsoever, so I don't know what's going on there. And in the draft, I think it's safe to say nobody, even if you're like the hardest core yinzer nobody wants to see the steelers go edge rusher too early in this draft because we have the best defensive player in the nfl and tj watt on one side and then 14 sack highsmith on the other side so we don't need to draft that spot high sign a guy like bed dupree bud dupree who's got proven pedigree proven success in your system and let him work I'm, uh, man, picking up what you're putting down, man, a hundred percent all the way. And I mean, it would be now you give even a few million dollars to Terrell Edmonds, or do you give that? I, I like what you were saying, six to eight. So it, let's say he averages four a year. Uh, they offset that a little bit by kicking it a little bit down the road. Maybe he gets a little more of that, uh, backloaded on the, on the second year of a deal. Would you rather do that or Terrell Edmonds? Because we're going to talk a little bit more about defensive makeover and what the Steelers have been doing uh, during this offseason here in the second portion of this show. Before we jump over to that, I meant, I meant, I didn't grab, I didn't grab the damn nose hair trimmer, but it's time to remind everyone that the Steel City Underground podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Um, let's see, what do I got to say about Manscaped today? The cordless trimmer, right? It's the brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. Go ahead, tell the world the leaders in below the waist grooming are traveling north of your South Pole with their revolutionary grooming products. So I've had my hands on this thing for a little while, rechargeable, right? Waterproof cordless trimmer. It has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 um, hair cutting lengths all, oh, this is the the beard trimmer, I'm sorry. Uh, but the beard trimmer is also cordless and electric as well. I was reading the wrong line. That's the 20, uh, 20 cuts for nose hairs would be kind of interesting with the same guard, but they all come together if you end up getting this stuff. The performance package uh, 4.0 comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0 and all the other below the way grooming products Manscaped is known for. So if you want to cover all of your bases and get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com, you can do so with the promo code SteelCity20 with a nice beard. Your face is perfectly groomed right wrong no you need to keep out for those tough to trim ear and nose hairs so keep an eye out for uh the uh weed whacker 2.0 they, they they mixed it up i got a bunch of bullets here and i feel bad when i butcher something from the sponsor but don't butcher the promo code it's still city 20 free shipping 20 percent off absolutely love their stuff uh it usually helps we're both getting froggy throat it's this change of weather you were like ready to hack up a hairball. I dropped in the cough drop. Hopefully you don't hear me clickety clackety uh, while I yakety. So defensive makeover for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's all part of it. Yeah, but Dupree to part of this. Are you really missing uh, Terrell Edmonds if maybe KZ is the full-time guy and Patrick Peterson is dabbling a little bit? Because everybody's like, hey, he's old. It's like, okay, he's old. Oh, but now he's playing part-time and you still have Akella Witherspoon. You still have Levi Wallace. You have Minka Fitzpatrick. You have Arthur Mallette. You could still throw in Trey Norwood or James Pierre as some reserve guys. But that's not where it all ends i was thinking about this today as i often do in the shower with the waterproof manscaped products um steel city 20. so uh anyways look back two years ago the pittsburgh steelers defense and look now 
And man, has this really undergone some changes, which you've really thought this. Okay, TJ Watt's still there. Cam Hayward's still there. Minka Fitzpatrick's right there, right? You got 11 starters. You could probably flex this out, the 13-14 primary role type players. So who's on the line next to Cam Hayward? It's not Stefan Tuitt anymore. It's Larry Okunjobi. And even in reserve, DeMarvin Leal and Isaiah Loudermilk. These guys weren't there two years ago, you know? Loudermilk was drafted. Okay. Leal was a rookie last year. But we're talking about the primary players here. Tyson Alulu. Now you got Montrevious Adams. You've got Alex Highsmith instead of Bud Dupree. Now, Dupree might be back, but in a different type of capacity. You go to those uh, inside linebackers, and there's no more guys like Devin Bush, Miles Jack, Vince Williams. Um, they tried Joe Schobert there, Robert Spillane. Two new guys, Landon Roberts, and help me out here. I just forgot the guy from the commander's name. Cole Holcomb. Uh, Cole Holcomb, thank you. Holcomb. Heard... Holcomb, yeah, hey. Boom, tiss. Yeah, he needs to wear 69. That would make it better, but maybe not. Hey, you know what? There's some there's some news on your front. Number zero. They voted to pass the number zero as being permitted to permissible to wear. I guess Kelvin Ridley is the first guy that's announced he's going to be wearing it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see if Rooney allows it. Uh, Mark Caboli from The Athletic it's, it made a snide comment already that they don't permit anybody to wear the number one, let alone will they allow them to wear zero. Yeah, we shall see, right? But yeah, Cole well, Hol- One's retired oh. for the kicker, so uh, I mean, Caboli can, can say what he wants. Uh, similar to most things with the Steelers, they need to adjust slightly to get with the times and keep up with other teams. They've done so in a good job. It, it took them a little while. They're classic dig their heels in the sand and not adjust, but giving out number zero or single digits, they let Melvin Ingram wear number eight. People forget that they don't care that much, but number one is like sacred because of the kicker being our leading scorer and stuff. So number zero, I think someone will wear it and um, it'll look great on Odell Beckham or uh, Jordan Addison. (laughs) Gary Anderson, man, he's a goat. He needs to be in the hall of fame, man. Oh, like, is he really on the all 80s and all 90s team? He's on both? Well, he's our leading scorer. NFL. That's why yeah. they don't give it out. He was the only guy that really ever made the Pro Bowl, like, for the Steelers. Like, if you, uh, during this era, I mean, he made it in 83 and 85, and then again in 93. He played 13 years for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I mean, he was uh, oftentimes the bright spot there. And he had a career that spanned from 1982 Let's see. When was Gary drafted? Seventh round um, by the Buffalo Bills, actually. 171 overall in the 82 draft, but ended up with the Steelers and played nine Two games. Two awesome fan bases. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know what? The Bills fan base is starting to really annoy me. I could, I'd rather, looks like one of those Kenny Chesney concert type aftermaths in Pittsburgh when that ha- when they come to town. They could do without. Let them go trash your new stadium, that new shiny thing. It looks all pretty by like week four. It'll be a, a, a look like the armpit of the NFL. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was around, okay, 82 to 2004. So it's one of those like, quote, retired but not retired numbers. The Steelers don't reissue. So yeah, Kabali, uh, just put a rest to it, please. Um but the defensive makeover, okay, Cole Holcomb, Alandon Roberts, there was a quote from Omar Khan saying they were pursuing both. Uh, they didn't think they would get both, and they did. So that's another big makeover from those guys. We were just talking about Schobert, Jack, and Williams, and uh, Tyler Matakevich, and Spillane, and Devin Bush, and gone. And now Mark Robinson, who was a rookie last year, all new guys, you know, two years later, you play Madden and you look at the roster and you, you go back two years and you're like, oh yeah, I remember Steven Nelson or something like that. Cause he was probably, well, I don't know. He might not have been on that roster maybe two years ago, but Cam Sutton turnover again. Like you've got Levi Wallace, not Keller Witherspoon. They weren't here two years ago. They just signed some contracts or they made the trade. Like those preseason rosters do not look the same. Terrell Edmonds is gone. Demonte Casey's in. Uh, who else am I missing? Well, Miles Killebrew's there and Mika Fitzpatrick's there. But for the most part, it's just your fixture of like maybe three, four dudes. Maybe Mullet makes the cut there too. But you get my point. 
they're looking this defense is completely different now will it perform better they haven't been able to stop the run a lot the last two years they gotta get some guys in there that could stop the run roberts and holcomb and add bud dupree in there so you have like somebody that can keep tj watt fresh he could keep alex highsmith fresh but could still offer some pass pass rushing opportunities and still seal the edge and stop the run Bud Dupree, yeah. low key, was a really good run defender. Yeah, he really was, man. And uh, I love. You're not going to catch any arguments for me. I was a Bud backer, and now people are finally on board. You had some people that were like finally getting on board with Edmonds, and others that were like, "Hey, don't let the door hit you on the way out," you know. So, and, and I'm not a big fan of that either. It's like let guys uh, earn and eat where they can. I wish them the best with the Eagles. Maybe that's a good fit for them. We know Gardner uh johnson had already left there so there's an opening and we'll see but now everybody's like panicking they're like oh well the steelers uh uh, does this mean i think kabali was the one that said this too they're like oh oh Edmonds is gone so that must mean safety's on the board now does that mean no offensive tackle with pick 17 i'm like i don't think offensive tackle was on the radar for pick 17 necessarily and if somebody was there you're just like wait a minute that guy's it's the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV beam. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I think they could have went in any other direction. Defensive line, corner. What happened to Joey Those are Porter the, too? the doomsdayer fans, man. And yeah. they annoy me to no end. I, I can't stand the doomsdayer fans. Anything the Steelers do, negative or positive, they equate it to meaning, oh, no, they're not going to do what I want them to do. And so it, it's just like, it really has no effect. You know, uh, safety, they could target it with the first round pick, but I, I don't think that's going to be where they go really at all. It's It hasn't really changed much uh, as far as being on my radar draft-wise. I think they'll look for a guy similar to linebacker. Linebacker and safety are very similar for the Steelers right now where they could look to upgrade that spot in the draft if a talent falls to them and the best player on their board when they pick says, oh, boom. Our best player right here, as we're picking, is a linebacker or a safety. Take them. But these signings like Casey, Holcomb, Roberts, it's given them draft flexibility so they don't have to go out of their way to draft that spot. Could they? Sure. Do they have to? No. Let me ask you this. Um, at these spots where you're thinking, oh, they, that's going to be their first-round pick, do the Steelers have a starter at offensive tackle right now at – Either spot. Right tackle? Absolutely. With Chooks. Left tackle? Dan Moore? Yes, they have a starter. You may not like them, or you may want to upgrade, but you have them. I know you're pretty big on Demonte Casey. Is he starter capable next to Minka? Yeah, he's played both positions. You're, you've been men- mentioning John Johnson a lot, too. He's also a flexible guy, should they go that route. But now that you also have Patrick Peterson, do you have starter-capable people at cornerback? Yes, you have three of them. Do you have starter-capable people at edge, inside linebacker, defensive line? Yes, 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 yes. Where is the major deficiency on this roster? I don't know about major deficiency because you can't field an all-star or pro bowl or all-pro player at every single position. You can certainly upgrade in a lot of spots, even up to and including, you mentioned Addison. Uh, who's our other guy? Downs, touchdowns. <laughs> touchdowns. Josh Downs. Uh, Josh, Josh Downs, Downs from touchdowns. Chapel Hill. Yeah, <laughs> from Chapel Hill. That's great. UNC, uh, who, man, I don't want to go into March Madness, but not only did they not make the tournament whatsoever, but what the hell is going on? Like, it, there was like 37 people in the world that actually predicted the final four. And I'm like, those are all bots. There's no, (laughs) there's no way in hell that you picked that one. No blue bloods at all. Yeah. No royalty, no college basketball royalty there, but uh, the defensive makeover, I don't think they're necessarily finished, Could they take offensive tackle. Absolutely. I, I think when you're looking at Andy Weidel and what he did with the Eagles, what did they like? They like the trenches, baby. They like offensive line, defensive line, uh, like just the and guys, they like to trade. Yeah. And they also like the secondary. Imagine trading back and adding like another higher third round pick or something like that. Like some I've long said, I'm things. always okay with trading back. If, if you get good value. And I mean, what's been a Steelers problem for a while, somebody gets hurt. You don't have adequate depth at certain positions They're really starting to fill in, uh, some of these ranks and roles. You've got DeMarvin Leal, who I really like. You still have Isaiah Loudermilk. 
But uh, on the surface of it, imagine you add a Brian Breesy or somebody like that with that first pick. You're going to be like, holy cow. It would have been like getting Jordan Davis. Last, or look at, yeah, the Eagles, the Jets. Look at look at those halls last year and the amount of depth that they added. But they also added some savvy free agents the Eagles did when you were looking at uh, Linval Joseph and, and Kong Sue. Did you say something to Sue? Come to Steelers. You bumped into him. You're like, hey, hey, dude. Yeah, uh, look. Oh, uh, dude, it's scarier than you think. First of all, <laughs> the initial shock of seeing him. First, there was denial. I was like, no, he's not in Dominican. So I didn't want to just think a oh, big black guy. So he must be a pro athlete. No, that's what a lot of white people think. So wait I a minute, though. If you go I to looked- a pe- wait, wait. If you go to a Penns game like particularly a playoff game when the Steelers are out of season and you see a rather large African-American dude like in the concession line or as you're waiting to use the men's room. Yeah, there's a good chance. How can you not assume assume that they're a Steeler? Like, that's got to be a Steelers player because like, you know, just I'm sorry, by demographic, I I don't see a lot of uh, black folk at the, uh, at at a Penn's game typically. And I, you know, I'm not, not trying to be funny here, but different strokes for different folks right so oh yeah yeah no you i mean you're not wrong white is a very uh large white fan base with uh with the hockey fans so yeah. nothing wrong there yeah. and but when i saw sue in public <laughs> I, I didn't want to stare at him obviously and be rude so when i thought about it again i turned back around and i was like no that's really freaking him and then when i realized it was him i was more scared because i'm like oh it's Indomitian and sue he could kill me so I didn't want to bother him when he was um, with his friends and family Slide him a at the mall, card. at the uh, Persia Mall, Prussia Mall, whatever. In King Philly. of Prussia. Yeah, King of Prussia. King of Prussia is the entire area. It's weird. It's like, hey, that's an actual name of a town. So uh, not to belabor the defensive stuff, but they're still saying they're looking to add the Steelers are. And uh, I'll, uh, you know what? I'll throw one more out here. Do I have this queued up? I sure do. Another Mark Caballi special. Omar Khan said they will be looking at slot receivers, actually ones that fit what they want to do as an offense. Um, You know what? You got to start taking what people say with a grain of salt. Not only the five words Mike Tomlin said about Matt Canada, this is National Liars Month now as you head into the NFL draft. They had us convinced Malik Willis was the guy. He was being drafted last year. They're looking at slot receiver. No, they're not. They have Calvin Austin. They have Anthony Miller. This is a smoke screen for unless they're going to play, they might play Downs or Addison in the slot. Maybe that's the guy that they're looking for in the slot. <laughs> Maybe they're just going to get other people to panic and take a wide receiver earlier. So another position group or player that they're targeting ends up falling to them in the draft. So I baloney, Mark. I don't buy that for I don't buy that for a dollar. Not any yeah, day. Yeah, I think of the he's week. just saying they're interested in receiver because most good receivers that you're going to draft within the first three rounds or even four, they can play multiple spots. You're not going to draft a guy who is locked into the slot position super early. So I don't think it's any kind of headline. Omar got cute with it, saying slot receiver, but they're just looking at receivers in general. It, it's pretty much anybody they've shown interest in can play the slot. So yeah, I don't yeah. think it's much of a uh, serious headline at all. Yeah, and before I jump away from the defense, I had the um, I had the Terrell Edmonds stats. I was talking about this not too long ago, and it's like uh, somebody we talk about stat horrors, right? Five pass deflections last year. Did he have a pick? No, he had two apiece in each of the previous two years. Seventy tackles, eighty nine tackles the year before that combined. A sack or two here or there. Man, this guy sucks. Man, this guy didn't live up to his first round like ranking, and you're doing it completely by statistics. And then I show this. If I wouldn't have already let the cat out of the bag and said who this was, uh, making the Pro Bowl in each of their six seasons uh, or five of their six seasons other than 2018 and also being an All-Pro twice with 111 tackles, but only seven passes deflect uh, defensed. One forced fumble there, uh, two interceptions this year, three the year before, and it's Buda Baker, who everybody universally considers, you know, as a strong safety playing in the same position as Terrell Edmonds as being this high-class player, but you're doing it as a stats whore and not letting your eye, the eye thing. There were people that were saying, well, Terrell Edmonds gets super beat. No, dude, not really, but they're looking for something different here. You know what Buda does? He takes some of these to the house. Yeah, safety, safety stats are weird, man. They're, they're tough to look at. I mean, there were people saying, like, what was that, two years ago where uh, Minka only had, like, one or two picks or three, and people are like, oh, what's happening to his turnovers? 
oh no, is he not good anymore? No. <laughs> Teams just weren't throwing at him as much, man. And you just saw last year he had what, six, seven picks? Six. So, yep. Yeah, safety stats, they're they're tough to understand if you're just gonna if you're just gonna look at the box score, you can't understand them because safeties I've alluded to this before, but they're largely the quarterbacks in defense. They have to know what everybody's doing. They have to line everybody up. So um, if the play from the offense they're playing against is an incomplete pass or a pass out of bounds, that theoretically is a win for the safeties. But people don't track that. Yeah, and everybody thought here that Minka was a down year the, that year before, right? Because he had only the two interceptions. He wasn't making all these big splash plays and scoring touchdowns. He still had a forced fumble. He had 124 freaking tackles because the Steelers were like Swiss cheese up front. They were going yeah, they fast. Yeah, they needed to do that. Levels. That's rough, man. But uh, I digress. I think it's time to jump off the defense. We know that uh, the Steelers are attempt- at least putting on paper something different than they did last year. Now, reportedly, here's a position they might not have to look at. We're hearing that Zach Gentry has potentially re-signed with the Steelers, but no official announcement yet per the team or organization or the player with any fancy Instagram pictures with him putting pen to paper. But uh, this is one that we have talked about or discussed quite a bit. Matt Spath 2.0 met with the highest of regard to Spath and Gentry, meaning this is a guy that can block. If you need him to move the chains here or there, he's capable of doing that as well, but he can stay relatively healthy and play a good deal of the game and be physical doing so. I would. He's firing his best like. friend. Yeah. So Chona Grillin. Uh, who did we see say that? Was that uh, Brooke Pryor maybe that's been renewed for another season? Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of us were thinking it because to, to their credit, it's Gentry's actually pretty freaking funny. Like, he's he's got natural funniness to him. And, uh, yeah, him and Pat Fryermuth are, like, connected at the hip. So I always thought if he was cheap enough, it, would, it wouldn't make sense for him to leave. Not only has he developed in the Steelers system, and he's a good blocker, he's a good tight end too, but from a locker room perspective, the team loves him, especially Fryermuth. So why why let that guy go when he's done good for you and you can afford him? Yeah, I'm absolutely with you. And I uh, was looking for a Zach Gentry tweet. It was Tom Pelissero that actually uh, yeah. broke. He, he broke the news. And kind of high profile, not Rappaport yeah. or Schefter, but a little high profile. But just like I thought. You're not getting like breaking news from your ESPN app about Zach Gentry resigning, but it does matter. And it is a good resigning for the Steelers helps us not have to go out and get a blocking tight end in the draft or in free agency. Yeah. And it costs a premium in free agency too. Don't kid yourself. Like some of these guys are like, like a Nick Boyle or something. You know what I mean? They end up uh, getting Josh Oliver. Good. Yeah. For, for the, for the Vikings, the Vikings got Josh Oliver from the Ravens. And uh, I saw a lot of their fans being like, what the hell? Dude, who's this guy? I don't want this guy. And um, there were like beat reporters for the Vikings being like, this guy's a really good blocker. And like the Ravens wanted to keep him and they lost him. So I, I think he made a pretty penny. So yeah, it's a, it's a coveted skill. Absolutely. You see how Fryermuth sucks at it. So when we can have a guy who's good at it, it matters. <laughs> he was supposed to be a lot better than he is at it. And you know what? I can't find the official, um, whatever uh let's see post gazette sports put it out there so i guess that's uh at least somebody reputable you could take it from jerry dulac and ray fittipaldo who are with the post uh, pittsburgh post gazette so if they're saying it then cool uh that must mean that it's happening we're just waiting for an official there has not been an official transaction at least updated on the Steelers site i'm going to take a look one more time just so i'm not blowing smoke here but nope the last thing we got was on the 24th with little raven clark signing a one-year deal uh which was also the same thing james pierre did we mentioned that earlier but it was only a one year i'm not sure that we elaborated on that so just uh kind of moving forward moving along just the last uh bit of potential news that we haven't already brushed on and it's the gift like i said the gift that keeps on giving this is like 2018 19 uh antonio brown or Le'Veon bell type uh scenario here but mitch Trubisky, we keep uh we keep we're keep, we're waiting for some word on it and the word that came out of here most recently was mike tomlin and i believe omar khan both saying that Mitch Trubisky will be the backup for uh, this upcoming season. And we kept alluding to, you know, they could save 
eight million dollars on the cap if they ended up cutting or parting ways with Trubisky. And it doesn't appear that that might end up being the case. Uh, sounds like that they would like a veteran, um, a veteran backup. We've alluded to that very many times. I mean, it's not going to be Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph is still out on the free agent wire. Steelers could end up drafting a quarterback. It's going to be somebody in like the sixth or seventh round, whatever, like, uh, like a Chris Oladokun type, or they might pick up somebody else that's floating around that's cut from another uh, camp. I keep or seeing whatever. USC or UCLA kid drafted to us in like the last round. I forget his name, but some like acronym is initial. He's a running guy. Yeah, and I'm trying to. Uh, I'm actually trying to find where. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it, it it figures like as soon as like you're looking for it. Okay, so Brooke. Um, Brooke Pryor actually put something out there just to be official here. She says, like Omar Khan at the NFL Combine, Mike Tomlin also says he expects Mitch Trubisky back for the 2023 season. Trubisky, she's a Tar Heel dude. She's she keeps <laughs> doing this ever since we signed him. She loves poking the bear about how the Steelers value Mitch Trubisky because she's also a Tar Heel. Brooke Pryor does great work, but her favoritism towards Mitch is sickening. And I've long said Mitch can stay. He can he can stay. I almost swore he can stay, but he needs to make less money, man. He's making way yes. too much money as a yes. backup quarterback. If yes. he's the backup quarterback and he cares about the success of the team, approach him and say, Hey, give us like 4 million back because he's making way too much money as a backup quarterback. He can stay great backup, but he needs to restructure that contract. Yeah. And there's, there's just telling you like as a starter, it's like, I was, I, not the biggest fan of this dude getting signed last year, but if you're going to keep him around as a backup, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's right in the wheelhouse of the NFL only has so many top quarterbacks. You see how bad I know you're probably still paying attention to the XFL Man, uh, these renegades. I got them changing teams. There's such bad quarterback play. The guardians, bad quarterback play. There's, there's enough of it. That's quarterback, quarterback and O line is why, the yeah. XFL will fail to succeed, unfortunately, because you need those spots to be good. And if you're even semi-good at professional offensive line or quarterback, you're in the NFL. Yeah, even if you're a backup. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I still like Ben DiNucci, still trying to get it done there. Seattle Sea Dragons. Like, it's fun watching. I, I still like it. It's a, the game's... Usually the fourth quarter of the games end up being the most exciting because then they really start taking some real chances. And like I said, some of the teams that play in a real venue, uh, Seattle, St. Louis, those have been uh, some of the more enjoyable games. Like seeing Las uh, San Vegas. Antonio. Yeah, San Antonio for sure, even though the Brahmas haven't been too hot either. Um, even the Houston. Times team. Yeah, I know. And it looks like some people are losing interest with the teams that are losing, so there isn't as many people in the stands. But some of the other games where the teams are doing okay are still holding interest. And we've got right around the corner here, Pittsburgh Maulers are going to start playing USFL football. And uh, so this is phase two, year two of the USFL. So they have like their bases, their home camps, and it's going to be in Canton. So not too bad of a trip for some of the Enzers to come out, maybe 30 of to sit over in uh, Tom Benson. Oh, it's not, Tom, is it still Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium? I think his name's somewhere still on that. But yeah, um, yeah well, or Fawcett Stadium as it was. I think it's Tom Benson now, and it used to be Fawcett Stadium before. So it's a, it's a completely the, uh, different venue than it used to be. The Maulers led by Reuben Foster, the yeah. Alabama linebacker. <laughs> And they got rid of like the blue and orange crap, uh, the, yeah. the, the old school Cleveland Cavaliers colors. And they went over to the black and gold. They should have saved it for one more year because you're not going to get Ohio people to get interested in a, in a Pittsburgh team <laughs> playing in Canton. And then you're going to change their colors to match like everyone else does in town. But at least they got the memo. It gets you a little excited. I think I'm going to try and check out one of those games. That's the thing with the XFL. There isn't anybody nearby that you could just go and see like up in our neck of the woods. You know what I mean? And now uh, the USFL is starting a little late. That season runs through like June, man. And you see it's a lot of teams. Ball. Yeah. Uh, so XFL, they'll probably be, they'll be done with like their playoffs and championship and whatnot. And some of those players will start to get plucked post NFL draft is when that starts to tie up. I like their timing a little bit better. It'll be interesting to see if the USFL picks up some XFL players that don't get picked up by NFL training camps. And likewise, it gives some players some development opportunities. It's interesting to see, but man, Josh Gordon, he was like, he was like, you know, 
like walking on water week one, week two of the XFL. And now like the quarterback play is like, just kind of like these guys have disappeared. Martavis Bryant just disappeared off the face of the planet. So I'll still take Mitch Trubisky would probably still slice up some, some of these defenses in those leagues. He'll be good enough in a pinch. We know that he could at least be competent enough to hand off the football. We saw what they did, not allowing them to really throw against the Panthers and the way they bullied people. Now you think with Suomalo in that mix now, the offensive line maybe a little more revamped. Maybe they do something that tackle as well. It's exciting, man. It's really exciting. But we see how these moves um, really like shift some of the roster. They got an extra guard in there, even if Sumalo or Daniels ends up getting hurt. Like Kevin Dotson's on his way out now uh, for the most part, or he might be like a depth guy, an eighth offensive lineman that's there. Maybe Dan Moore even gets shoved into the background too, depending Kendrick on what Green, happens. Kendrick Green, see ya. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kendrick Green, poor guy. They didn't even get a helmet. I mean, at least, at least Rudolph got a helmet last year. <laughs> like it might've been that week 15 or whatever against Carolina Panthers, but yeah, I know, man. It's it's sad, and as, you know what's more sad about it? You you're a big believer in the jersey number thing. You were doing it earlier, just with Gary Anderson, which really predates you know your fandom with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they gave fifty three to Kendrick Green. Like that's a. I don't think fifty three is getting reissued again anytime soon after Kendrick. In fact, they might take it off of him. It's like, yeah, be, thanks a lot, Kendrick Green. Yeah. Now, now they're going to be more hesitant to give out the cool numbers. <laughs> like 53. Uh, dude, you got to wear like 60. Like, what did uh, Hassenauer give up? Maybe 60? There, this your new think. number. Yeah, here's your new number. Like, get out of here. <laughs> don't don't disparage this. Give it to Sumalo. He wore 53 with the Eagles. Yeah. yeah well, there you go, man. So, preseason. So, Sumalo had a different number preseason with the Eagles than he ended up having regular season two. He ended up yeah, shifting yeah. He, numbers. Yeah, he, he picked 73 for now. Yeah. So, that's not going to hold. Kendrick Green's going to. Kendrick Green could be back like on practice squad, like one of those catch release type transactions. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and when he does, he's going to be wearing 60. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Don't buy those. Uh, don't buy those Sumalo jerseys yet, because yeah. he'll probably be having fifty-three. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, Zach, thanks for uh, hanging in here. We were hoping for maybe some uh, Dupree news. Holding on, like just uh, really uh, nothing. Um... I think he's riding his bicycle here to take his visit because he's maybe. taking forever to get here. Yeah, yeah, really holding out and, um, you know, some of the news. Oh, geez. I mean, I, I'm confident. I'm call- I'll say this in closing words. I think he signs Bud Dupree. The, the visit that he has scheduled, it's not to show him around the place, clearly. It's strictly to check his medicals and his physical and sign him. I believe he wouldn't be making the trip if the money yeah. wasn't already discussed. So as long as he can pass his physical and be healthy, He'll sign. And even talking to Coach T, you don't think like he's in their they're each other or in like their phone and they're like their you know their contacts. It doesn't come up like oh new phone who this you especially because I mean? it's allowed right now. If Tom yeah. wants to, he can text him. He can Snapchat him. Yeah, he's a he's an unrestricted free agent. He was completely one hundred percent released. And thinking of the money, the Titans are still paying him a lot of money. So everything now is like gravy. You know, it's extra. It's a, it's a, it's a cherry. It's a cherry on top of the whipped cream. You don't have to, uh, he doesn't have to hold out for some big deal. They might check the medicals. The only thing that's going to be in question is how many years and how much might be guaranteed as part of this. Um, are there like roster bonuses or, uh, for being, uh, on the roster at the beginning of the year, maybe per game or some type extra incentives, maybe he gets a couple of stats there, but it's really hard to do incentives when a guy like this isn't like a juju contract where you know he's getting a, a lion's share of snaps it's the guy that's kind of like in um uh i don't want to say the back burner i think he'll be valued enough you saw what they tried to do with melvin ingram and there's still like a lot of people that are really like po'd about that it's like i, I that's one i still don't understand they're going to try and avoid a situation like that again where there's a misunderstanding yes there's a young buck that's there and he's going to be playing over you or at some point he's going to be playing over you so, bud, this is what we're offering you. This is what it looks like. So let us know. But like you said, yeah, do they need to show them there's six trophies in the case? Or here's what the weight room looks like. And we got Permanis, like not far. You can go down there and get grab yourself a sandwich. 
Like, no, that's not what's going on here. So thanks, my dude. We'll see if we're going to get another one of these. Um, and you know what? Uh, potpourri. 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 Here's one. Teresa Varley put this out. Um, I got to put this. This was a really cool tweet she sent out not long ago. Look at that group. James Harrison, Brett Kiesel, the big snack, Casey Hampton, Aaron Smith, Lamar Woodley. Man, those were some dudes, weren't they? And wouldn't it be nice to have in the same breath TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, and maybe two to be to be determined. You never know. So I wish you knew excited. they were the good old days when they were going on. Yeah, and you know what? Uh no, you have to know. Like in that moment, you're not thinking it, but I was. It's like anytime you were picking up like a t shirt that said two thousand and eight AFC champions. It's like, man, this could be over tomorrow. This could be the only choice, uh, the only only chance this happens. I have one of these pens banners sitting over here. 2017, I got to go to one of the Stanley Cup games, and I will forever say to myself, I had multiple friends, "Ah, you know what, let's wait for game five or six, or like they might have it locked up by then. Like you can't just wait around. You don't know, I'll go next year. Like, no, you can't think like that. And it's like I will forever be thankful for myself that I hit buy on Ticketmaster when I did. And got to one of those games. I was in the rafters, but damn it, I was there and it was awesome. And now look, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just think we'll be able to tell yeah. our grandkids that we were at Kenny Pickett's debut versus the Jets because we both were there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, absolutely. Kenny in the Jets. Never forget that. So, all right, my dude, we're going to sign off here. Thank you for supporting uh, Steel City Underground, no matter where you're viewing or li- and or listening. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, leave a rating, all that good jazz. Thumbs up, like the episode, all that. We appreciate you. We really do. Until next time, my name's Joe. His name's Flash. We encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.